You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. On another exciting edition of Animation Deliberation, we continue our coverage of Harley Quinn Season 3 with Episode 7, Another Sharkly Adventure. We will dive right into that after some ads we have no say over whatsoever. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, Woo. Jay Scotty. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. And welcome back to the listeners to Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. As Andrew just introduced me, I'm Jay Scotty St. Clair, and I am joined by... And as Jay Scotty introduced me, I am Andrew Rogers. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, if you couldn't tell, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been here, so I'm um, shaking off the, the rust a little bit and some of the dust, but it is uh, really good to be back. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no, we, we definitely missed you, and it, was, it wasn't quite the same, but Harley Quinn is Harley Quinn, so the show must go on week to week, but... Uh, yeah, what did you get up to in these couple weeks uh, that you were gone? Yeah, uh, so I will share with the listeners just kind of as a a PSA. Uh, after two and a half years of dodging COVID, I did finally contract COVID, and it's still out there. So you know, be careful uh, if you're in a, a large crowded space. You know, uh, maybe. Try to keep some social distancing in mind. Um, if you have any symptoms whatsoever, I, I encourage you to keep wearing the mask and just, you know, kind of keep your head on a swivel. Be safe. Obviously, um, it's it's up to us as individuals, but it's it's still a thing. So I uh, just want to be fully transparent and uh, have a, a note of caution there. But um, yeah, as difficult as it was to kind of have to, you know, sit back and, and not do anything for a little while, it did afford me the opportunity to watch some stuff, which is always a little bit of a nice reprieve. So on the Ooh. animation side of things, uh, I checked out uh, Disenchantment on Netflix, which is from Matt Groening. Uh, I had Very finished nice. up my, yeah, I had finished up my watch of rewatch of Futurama on Hulu in preparation for the new season that we're going to get next year. And I'd never watched Disenchantment. So I finally took the plunge there. I watched all four seasons and had a really good time with it. Um, it's, it's different from any of his other outings and the fact that it feels like there is much more of an in-game in sight. And I don't know how close I am to that after finishing up uh, season four, but uh, it's just a great parody of all things kind of fantasy and, and steampunk and that whole kind of Dungeons and Dragons role-playing kind of scenario. So if you haven't checked it out and you're a fan of those other properties like The Simpsons or Futurama, 
definitely recommend that. Okay, that that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you watched it at all? Uh, I watched the first two seasons, I believe. Okay. And then cool. after that, Netflix just kind of got away from me in all capacities. It wasn't like I ended because it I wasn't enjoying it. I was enjoying the crap out of it. It just the next sure. season came, and I was not keeping up with the times at that point. So yeah, it, it was right. a lot of fun. What I saw though, so totally right. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, uh, I totally understand that. There was a couple of years that I went without like watching Netflix at all. So now that I have it again, there's definitely a lot of catch up I'm doing. Uh, but I did spend a little bit of time with HBO Max as well, outside of Harley Quinn. Uh, there is an anime. I know Zuhair and Andrew are typically the anime aficionados where I'm a little bit more of a casual, filthy casual, I'll say. Uh, <laughs> but there was, there's a series called Tokyo Revengers. Have you watched that one at all? I have not had a chance to watch that yet, but I have okay. heard good things. So please spout it off as much as you like. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm probably about a quarter of the way into the season so far, but it's just, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a mashup of genres. It has some sci-fi elements there with some time travel, but then it's also kind of a coming of age story. It's kind of this disaffected um, 26-year-old guy who's not really happy with where his life's gone and he kind of gets the opportunity to go back and re-experience his uh, like middle school and early high school experiences and just uh, kind of reminds me of Ak- Akira in some ways with like the, the biker gangs that kind of permeate the the culture there in Japan. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, um, excellent animation, great action, a lot of drama and the vocal performances are, are really on point. So I, I definitely recommend checking that one out. Tokyo Revengers. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I mentioned last week I have been watching Assassination Classroom okay. and yeah, yeah. I am up to the I believe it's the show finale. It's only two seasons long okay. and there's like two episodes that I have left and it is just it is an awesome show all the way around. Okay. Like the first season was very OK, this is kind of a fun high school anime with very action heavy tropes, as you could guess from the name Assassination Classroom. And then of the course. second season has just been one of those. OK, we're going to flip it on its head. It's a totally different genre, like almost my hero in nature, the direction that it took in the second season as for right. the like how intense they're going with things. So it's been yeah. a lot of fun. It's weirdly emotional for a show that like pretends that it's not trying to be emotional as well okay so i have been enjoying the crap out of that uh and probably will be able to say about the finale after tonight when i inevitably watch it Um, okay so yeah that's been my anime and then i've been gaming a little bit as well Uh, oh nice i got xbox game pass and then my girlfriend and i sat down she doesn't like video games but one night she was like hey you want to play some games i was like yes what can we do okay you know, do all this. And we played a game called Super Liminal, which is the most bizarre puzzle game I've ever played. It's like Portal meets. I don't even know what to say that it meets because it's very self-aware, but very much like gets in your head because it's a play on Supernatural and Subliminal. That's why it's called Super Liminal. So it was just a ton of fun. If you're looking for some way to kill a couple hours, because I think we beat it in like two nights of playing for like two or three hours just together on the couch. So it's not a super long game, but it was definitely something I was like, this is fun. And I think I'm going to talk about it because the graphics were very homey. It felt like a couch game. So I was like, yeah, this is animation adjacent. 
Yeah, I always appreciate how you're able to kind of loop in video games under the the caveat <laughs> of animation there. So um, I know Gamescom 2022 just happened this this last uh, weekend and week. So I know there was I think a it's Gotham still going Knights. On. Okay, I, I I didn't know for sure, but I know there was a Gotham's Knights trailer that dropped. So I thought of you, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Super Liminal sounds super cool. I'm gonna have to check that out, especially with the you providing the adage there that your girlfriend is, is more of a casual gamer and she was able to just pick it up with you and enjoy it all the way through. Uh, I was going to ask, though, you mentioned Xbox Game Pass. Are you playing on Xbox or are you playing on PC through Game Pass? Uh, I am playing on Xbox because okay. my lovely laptop that does all of our hardcore podcasting here can run any game pre-2016, and then at that point, it's just a hard cutoff where it can't do anything beyond that point. So Gotcha. Gotcha. Everything else is on Xbox. Well, that's that's good to know because I'm a fellow Xbox gamer. I'm taking a little bit of a break from gaming right now, but when I get back into it, I'll have to keep you in mind. We'll have to exchange gamer tags because we are few and far between. I feel like everybody is a PlayStation owner, and uh, I I don't have extreme brand loyalty or, or whatever, but I just, uh, I've had Xbox since the original Xbox, so it's kind of like I don't want to lose my gamer score. I don't want to lose all the movies <laughs> that's and TV exactly that I bought it. through Xbox. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the last little thing I'll touch on that you brought up is uh, I did hear you talk about Assassination Classroom last week, uh, and I checked it out for the same reasons, kind of um, feeling a little bit of a a hole after finishing uh, My Hero Academia. And I can't remember why I fell off, uh, but I, I assume you, you, you're watching the sub rather than the dub, right? Correct. Yes, I'm okay. watching the sub. I think that was that might have been the factor there. I've you know I typically uh, kind of lean towards dubs if they're available, but I think this is one instance where the dub just was not up to snuff. So I, maybe I'll have to go back and uh, check out the sub. But then the other thing I have to ask you: you mentioned you fir- you finished the first <laughs> season. Does the opening theme song ever change? Because like that was just one thing that I found incredibly cheesy was the opening theme song with like the kids jumping in the classroom for whatever reason. It always I made can't. Me- re- I know okay. it does the second season. I can't okay. remember if it also does halfway through or not. Okay. But th- okay. this is one I'm going to call her out a little bit. My girlfriend hates uh, intros and outros. So okay. whenever we're watching anything together, we just skip through them entirely. Like, Interesting. Okay. I-, I have her watch the first one, or rather, I let her, or I have her let me watch the first one because I always want to mm-hmm. at least get some enjoyment out of it. Sure. And then after that, we're always skipping through it. So okay. I can't remember when that change was because it happens at some point, but it does change. And that's the one thing that I will say, and then we'll switch gears to Harley Quinn. Sure. I you know, never want to claim the sub versus dub superiority or anything like that. But the main reason that I think sub is a lot of times better comes down to high school anime and different things like that. Sure. A lot of times when they try and give them the very childish voices in English, it just yeah. it makes it seem too kiddy and goes to yeah. the whole reason so many adults don't like animated things. Whereas sure. when it there are some of the high schoolers in those anime when you do it in Japanese, that is a full grown 40 year old man giving his right. roughest possible voice. Right. And you don't care because he's the bully yeah. and like it sure. just kind of fits in. So that yeah. is a little bit of the reason that it, I like the sub a little bit better when it comes to the younger shows, when it comes sure. to things that are yeah, yeah, you yeah. know older, I don't really mind, but like a lot of the other stuff, it, it helps a little bit get rid of the nuance of, Oh, right. These are middle school kids. Sure. Sure. Totally valid. Totally valid. I know most people that are, you know, hardcore anime fans do prefer the sub over the dub. So 
duly noted. And like I said, not a not even a thing that I'm trying to call anyone out. Yeah, it's just when sure. you're watching some of the things where it's kids is yeah. where I think the gaps lay a lot of the time. Yeah, totally valid. Totally valid. Well, we are about. 10 minutes, 11 minutes into the episode. So we should pivot to Harley Quinn. That is the title <laughs> of the episode here. But I will make mention, uh, we did have some feedback and we'll bring up some other things in the world of animation towards the end of the episode here. But let's go ahead and uh, dive right into Harley Quinn. Again, this is season three, episode seven, titled Another Sharkly Adventure. So I've got the episode description here and then we can go into our reactions, thoughts, and uh, all the little things we notice. So. While Ivy recovers from the side effects of using the green, Harley volunteers to kidnap Bruce to find out where he is keeping Frank. She sneaks into a charity gala Bruce is hosting at Wayne Tower, but Batgirl tries to stop her despite genuinely wanting to be friends with Harley. After a short fight, they both get caught by the Mad Hatter who wants to kill them, especially Batgirl for interfering with his plans to mind-control Gotham citizens. Harley talks her way out of captivity but feels guilty for leaving Batgirl behind and eventually goes back to save her, killing Mad Hatter in the process. Meanwhile, King Shark returns home for his father's funeral, only to learn that his newly crowned brother, Kamea, plans to sell the Shark Kingdom to their archenemy Ocean Master. After failing to change his mind, they get into a violent fight, ending with King Shark unintentionally killing his brother. Back at Catwoman's apartment, Ivy fully recovers and gains new plant-based powers, while Harley returns with the kidnapped Bruce. Okay, so with that out of the way, Andrew, what did you think about this latest installment of Harley Quinn? It was weird. I, I didn't know quite where it was going at any given point. Mm-hmm. And then like this the Batgirl and Harley interaction, I kind of forgot they were friends. So I was like, wait, why are they texting each other? What's going on here? I was just uh, all sorts of confused going into this episode. And then throughout, you had some fun action. And I definitely, you know, got my enjoyment out of that. But it was just, it was a lot of back and forth, like I said. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I wasn't here last week to share my thoughts, but I, I did listen to a lot of what you and Zuhair brought up about episode six, and that was very pretty much entirely focused on the Joker with like I think Ivy and Harley maybe showing up for a scene. So when I saw the title, yes. I thought maybe we'd be going in the same direction with just focusing on King Shark, but I'm kind of glad it didn't go in that direction. It's it's nice because a lot of these characters that we've kind of grown attached to like Clayface, like King shark. And it feels like King shark, especially for this season has kind of been relegated to a background role. So I I was pretty happy for him to be able to go off and do his own kind of adventure and to also get some traction and some progress with the, the story that Harley's focusing on in terms of knowing that Bruce was the one that kidnapped Frank. Um, Other than that, they treated Batman like a total punching bag this episode and I am (laughs) totally okay with it like that's one of the things I love about this show it just no one is safe from being treated absolutely irreverently and taking having the gas kind of taken out of their um their wings or their flight what have you and uh I I thought there were some fun references too so uh I had fun with it and the animation actually surprisingly uh, impressed me, especially the underwater stuff. Like one of the other DC yes. shows we've we've tackled here um, with a lot of love is Young Justice. But in some ways, I I even though the animation here is a little more simplistic, I did find myself being really impressed with not only the the blood effects in the water when King Shark and his brother were having their fight, but also uh, this is something I just recently learned about, and I know you probably 
saw this as well, Andrew, being a fan <laughs> of Corridor, Corridor Digital. Yes. Yeah, uh, they recently did a video on caustics, the the patterns of light that you'll see when things take place underwater. So I appreciated um, all the caustics that were taking place. They weren't super complex, but having those be an element definitely uh, sold me on the underwater environment. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You beat me to the punch. Their lighting, I think, was the part that really made that portion of the episode stand out so much more than the rest of the episode because Mm -hmm. you just had amazing water features going on in the background and this attention to detail of oh let's do lighting let's make it so that when they punch each other the blood floats up it was a lot of attention to detail that i didn't know that they needed but i was really happy Mm. that they did decide to put all that in so it was really good and then the only other part of the animation that surprised me was later on more blood when the blood splattered the camera that also was a moment of like oh okay we're animating it this way that was a it, it was an it was a touch that they've done before, but always surprises me a little bit when they do. Okay. Was that during the King Shark fight, or is that when Harley killed Mad Hatter? That was when Harley killed Mad Hatter, which also, okay. she killed Mad Hatter. We're just going to gloss over that, that she killed Matt Hat- Mad Hatter. That girl wasn't <laughs> going to, like, chastise her or do anything. It was just like, oh, he's dead now. Well, he was a perv, so I guess they'll let it go. But what is her kill count up to at this point? She's she's killed some major players in in the Gotham crime scene at this point. Is it four? Because there's Penguin. Yes. Then she is technically responsible for Freeze's death. Correct. And then uh, was it Madam Storybook? What was her name? It wasn't what I just said Uh, was definitely wrong. uh, Queen of what was it? Queen of fables, queen of fables, queen of fables. Did she kill her or did she get away? Uh, I feel like that was the whole end the bloodline thing in the last season. Yeah, I I wish I could recall, but I can't recall. Uh, So, yeah, assuming those are the only major players she killed her kill counts, at least at four. And then there's you know, plenty of goons and other things. And the guy she hit with the cancer Ray in the first season. Oh, yeah, so, you know, she's got a lot on her conscience at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With that in mind, it was, it was kind of nice to get the reflection in the elevator. Speaking of her conscious, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen that visual representation of the Harleen Quinzel that still in, exists inside of her and has this like PhD in, in psychology and psychotherapy and, actually can address some of these i mean the the show is not you know doing a deep dive onto any of these issues but just in the span of this episode like clinginess was brought up codependency childhood trauma and abandonment issues so it's it's nice that they respect the character enough to acknowledge that she has a working knowledge of of these issues and i I like that elevator scene a lot yeah no the elevator scene it was interesting in it it goes back to majority of the characters that they have shown in these shows. They are a love letter. They have done their homework. They understand their background. They remember, Oh yeah, she is a psychologist. She would probably have some sort of, you know, mental issue with what is actually going on from an understanding. And there are so many interesting comics when it comes down to it that I'm not going to get into when they start Mm -hmm. to go into her psychology background, that it just becomes super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it it really does kind of feel like the episode, like sometimes we have a 
B and C storylines, but it really feels like there was just kind of the A and B storyline with Harley and King Shark, you know, giving it the fitting title, fitting title of another Sharkly adventure there. Uh, where I appreciated the animation and the action on the side of King Shark and just kind of getting to spend some time with him. And he's always been a little bit more of like a sentimental and not really, he, his intentions never seem that bad. He's just kind of a lighthearted, uh, he's he's kind of a lover, not a fighter, but once you unleash, unleash that shark, he's he's pretty devastating. But I found myself like really appreciating a lot of the references that occurred with uh, Harley's storyline and uh, the Mad Hatter, which I have to bring up. The Mad Hatter was voiced by Griffin Newman, who also oh. voiced Orko, which was a show that we covered, at least in part, on this show, uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Uh, and then okay. he was also in the live action, the second attempt at a live action adaptation of The Tick on Amazon Prime, which had a couple of seasons. He was Arthur in that show. So I thought he did an excellent job uh, tapping into the kind of creepy and kooky um you know machinations of a guy like matt hatter who he's kind of hit or miss for me in terms of batman villains he's kind of like just ripped from the pages of lewis carroll's uh alice in wonderland but (laughs) there there have been some there have been some cool adaptations that i appreciate uh bat uh arkham arkham city i think had one of the the better adaptations yeah and that was going to be my little asterisk on the comment I made earlier of most of the characters they are a love letter to who they are in the comics I feel like Hatter was just kind of there and then we Mm. killed him like they didn't really develop the interesting side of okay what's wrong with you why do you only care Mm. about this like he could have called the girls Alice like he does in the comics he could have done the Mm. rhyme scheme like in comics he just doesn't stop rhyming the whole time and I wanted to see that and have Harley get annoyed and be like can you just shut up for five seconds like okay and that's my only from a comic fan background my only nitpick of what Mad Hatter brought I do agree his voice performance was fantastic for making this Mm trying not to be creepy but slightly off-putting character you know to life but there just Mm. wasn't enough of the lewis carroll for me personally to be like oh i love the character it was he did a good job i'm never going to fault the voice actor for a writing decision such as that certainly certainly not yeah outside of the mad hatter uh one of the references that i kind of like i'm not 100 percent sure if this was a reference but i kind of think it was there if you wanted it when we first kind of got introduced to the the storyline with the cow news boy boy hat and bruce is kind of sitting there wallowing in his self-pity and his depression uh bat girl offers to give him a hug she's like that always makes me feel better oh we don't do that and it's a really awkward moment i wondered like this season in particular has had a ton of references to the killing joke and there was that animated adaptation i was wondering are they playing at that the most awkward part of that that adaptation with their relationship there is that why they were just kind of moved away from it very quickly i don't know i might be you know extrapolating things that aren't there but i kind of think it was there if, if if you were looking for it and wanted it but uh, i don't think I anybody can't wants it, it but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we ignore that storyline for the most part it didn't happen it's fine uh, uh right no yeah, yeah, yeah. like because the whole time you were saying there were references i was like what were the references this week I'm, I'm usually pretty good at picking up on them but now that you've said that it's just staring me in the face like yeah that was almost 100 percent why we were going somewhere in that you know realm. <laughs> sure uh yeah I, I guess 
ton of references might be a little bit of a stretch. Um, now that I'm kind of like looking at my notes, I guess this is more of a cameo, but I did think it was worth mentioning that Rat, Rat Catcher made his debut. <laughs> uh, again, not a love letter to the character, but it's good to see him. <laughs> An Aquaman level reference at this point. Yeah, for, sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, we also had Shark Jesus. I mean, that could that is a yeah, cameo nice. in and of itself, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, uh, thinking about Shark Jesus and that whole scene in the the underwater chapel there, um, it was nice to see some background characters, but I wish they would have thrown them a line or two. Like you had um, the little shrimp guy that was clearly based on Sebastian from The Little Mermaid <laughs> in the past. I remember he was always a funny character, but he didn't really get a line this time around. And then they kept cutting to Nanaway's, uh, I guess his arranged uh, wife or his wife in the arranged marriage there. And she kept, she kind of like her face lit up when she thought he was going to take the scepter and be King. Uh, but I kind of forgot who she was until I, I did some research and that was Tabitha. So, I mean, there was an opportunity yes. to throw her a line there too, but I understand why, you know, they kind of had to move the story at a brisk pace. Yeah. And I mean, it just really needed to get to the point of, okay, this conflict, because when that first, that scene first started, I was like, where are we going with this? The show always yeah. has a reason in mind. And then once we got to, okay, he doesn't want to be king, he's going to sell it off to the land developer that we just decided is going to be Ocean Master in this story, mm. because it makes sense that way. Um, right. But Ocean Master was a very fun caricature of oh, the, yeah. you know, hardcore comic character that we're so used to. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed him and I I liked the fact that he didn't end up being like the big bad. He was just kind of a comedic foil there for a a brother mm-hmm. brotherly rivalry. Brother rivalry rather. Yeah. And uh yeah. I will say his style in this show was pretty great. They had him rocking that full armored outfit, the quill hiding inside of his helmet that was like the specialized metal. He was really rocking out fully. And then to have the joke of him have male pattern baldness underneath the helmet when you take oh, it off was just that yeah. extra level of like, man's got style, but that doesn't mean he's not trying to compensate for something. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. And he's not getting that helmet back anytime soon. He doesn't want it back. So. He's going to have to, you know, live with that. I was going to say, I'm kind of glad that they use the helmet, though, because mm-hmm. I thought they were foreshadowing that he was going to eat his brother when oh, he okay. mentioned that he ate all of his other siblings prior. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, is this just going to end with Nanue taking a big chomp out of him? Like, right. Right on the head. I was I was a little happy that we didn't go that route, but I thought that was the foreshadowing they were stretching for as they gave us the... <coughs> <coughs> apologies gave us the not so subtle reminder of what happened to his siblings in the past yeah what did he say you know i have hypoglycemia i black out it's like all 13 times <laughs> look it happens you get hungry yeah. you get a little hangry next thing you know it's a little shark tartare it's fine yeah get that man a, or get that shark a snickers rather um <laughs> Sorry. Now I now I want like a fake Snickers commercial with King Shark in it. Like yes. you're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> yes, yes, that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, another standout line for me. It was you know it was a little bit of lowbrow humor, but that's to be expected with this show, I think, at this point. But uh, the whole talking about how Kamea was the one who stayed behind and took care of their 
their dad, especially the diaper stuff. And when they finally come back to that, it's like, if you have to wear a diaper down here because we shit in the water, you know things are messed up then. I was like, I don't even want to think about no. what that entails. <laughs> uh, yeah, that no, that shark was ready to become a pelt as he did. That was it was it was mm-hmm. his time to go if he had to have a diaper on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another line that kind of stood out to me that was going back to the Mad Hatter scene is right before Harley abandons Batgirl before she comes back. Uh, he's talking about how they they seem like they would be friends. And, and she's like, no, I'm nothing like her. I'm like you in the broadest of senses. <laughs> <laughs> Pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't really like laugh out loud lines, but there were a lot of mm-hmm. good, clever lines just sprinkled in there. Like mm-hmm. there was the point when they were talking about kidnapping Bruce Wayne and she mm-hmm. was like, what's he going to do? He's not Superman. Like, yes. Yeah, of course, he's not Superman. He's, you know, Batman. And I'm really curious how that is going to resolve itself when Bruce wakes up and has to fight back without seeming like Batman. That's probably going to play out in some interesting capacity, especially being at Selena's house while Selena knows that he's Batman. But yeah, there was that line. And then there was another line where Harley was going through what she had in her bag. She was like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I got duct tape. I got sanitizer. I got wire cutters. I got a people cutter. I was like, is that a knife? Did she just have a knife in her bag and she just called it a people cutter? Nice. I didn't catch Uh, that one. That's good. No, that was just one of those moments. But yeah, it, like I said, they were sprinkled really well in there, but they weren't laugh out loud enough to like actually get me going. But I took mm-hmm. note of, wow, this is they're trying their hardest to get this out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's that's pretty much what I have for the most part as far as the the episode goes. But I did want to pick your brain a little bit about where we're going from here because this was episode seven. We know we've got 10 episodes this season, so we're kind of getting close to that in game there now with ivy she was kind of relegated to an incapacitated role for most of the episode and i found myself wondering like is she actually going back into the green because it looked like it, she was with her eyes glowing green like they do but we saw the opposite of what was happening in the beginning of the episode where the plants were kind of withering and dying now the plants are kind of going full on out of control to where Catwoman's whipping at them with her whip. She's trying to vacuum around them. And by the end of the episode, Ivy seems like she's fully recuperated, but she might be even more powerful than ever. So uh, when you brought up, you know, Bruce kind of having to fight his way out, that was definitely something I considered there. He might have to be rescued by the Bat family. And this might put Batgirl and Harley directly against each other again after, you know, having made a little bit more of a friendship here. What do you think? Yeah, I think we brought Nightwing and Batgirl into this season for a reason and Mm -hmm. having them have to rescue and we can't forget about the macaroni as well. Having all of them have to come and (laughs) rescue uh, Bruce would make sense. Um, I could also see, you know, some weird we're layering in. Okay, do they get back together? Is this a weird bat and the cat situation where Selena has to save Mm. him instead of choosing? Okay, there was also like almost a little bit of imagery of her dress that the flowers were making almost felt like a wedding dress. Agreed. So I don't know if we're going into her and Harley are going to have second marriage or she's going to marry to the green and be Mm. gone from Harley. I I feel like 
there may be some conflict coming as for, you know, Ivy going back into the green or becoming too powerful or something along those lines. Or for all we know, Frank could just be taking over from the shadows. Like he's still Ah. out there being all powerful. So it's left enough questions that I don't really know what the answer is. And, Mm. you know, we, we love speculation that is not necessarily correct because of course that, that means we're in a good place of, okay, what's next? What, what else can we see? And I, this was the first episode that it it left me wanting more because I felt like not enough happened. So I was just like, Oh wait, we're dropping Bruce on the floor. Where's, where's the next thing? I I need to know Mm -hmm. what happens to Bruce because you know, Bruce Mm. doesn't drink. Why was he drunk? Like what, what happens now that he wakes up and he's drunk in someone else's house? This is going to be interesting. How do we play this? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I like what you brought up about Catwoman. It'll be interesting to see if that pushes the envelope on their, relationship or lack of one there um but there's there's still a lot of other cards still left on the table like the fact that joker is the mayor we saw that in the last episode batman hasn't really had an opportunity to react to that i'm surprised they didn't touch on that at all uh i'd be sorely disappointed if bane does not at least factor in (laughs) at least a little bit in these last few episodes he still Uh, has not gotten that spaghetti or that pasta maker back that pasta maker Plus, he's got his therapy going on. What if what if Harley becomes his therapist? I don't see it happening, but just I don't with I her. don't either. Yeah. 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 Well, he's, yeah I guess he's got one already. And I don't we were negative a couple podcasts ago, and I'm I'm trying to be very positive, but this is going to be a little negative. It sure. feels like the, they're they have a through line that they want to get to of mm-hmm. Harley wants to terraform. She is powered up Frank and OK, something bad is going to happen here at the end of the season. But they put in a lot of interesting threads that I don't feel like they're going to pull on, like Mm. the whole Clayface taking over Billy Bob Thornton in the movie. Sure. Has never gone any further than that one episode. Like you said, Mm. Bane and the pasta maker was set up to be such a funny recurring joke Mm -hmm. that has then been left behind and we haven't seen Bane. That Joker episode might be a one off. What happens to Gordon Mm -hmm. now that, you know, he can't be a cop anymore. It's just they're doing these little side bits that I feel like in previous seasons, all of their side bits were coming to a head. Like I would have expected to see the Mad Hatter's big weird hats in like the first four episodes and be like, why are people in the background wearing big hats? What is going on? And then have this episode be, oh, it was Mad Hatter the whole time. Mm. I I feel like they were almost rushed this season. I don't know if that's actually the case, but they're doing a really good job with that main through line. I think that through line is great. It's just these side stories I want more of. They're not doing a bad job with these side stories, but like let yeah. give me all of it. No, I, I think you bring up some valid criticisms and uh, I don't think you're being too negative at all. And I mean, that's, that's a whole part of the show as much as we love to celebrate these shows. It is a deliberation. We have to bring up, you know, um, some yes, of the things is. that might not resonate with us as well. And I do agree with you. I, I really hope, excuse me, I hope that a lot of these threads don't just get dropped or maybe they're saving them for a, a fourth season. But I, I have to imagine that uh, one of the reasons we're kind of feeling that rush is because this season's only 10 episodes, excuse me, 10 episodes, whereas I think the previous two seasons were at least 12 episodes each. I want to ah, say. I forgot about that. Let's yeah. uh, Let's take a look here. Yeah, the okay. first one was 13. The second one was 13 as well. Okay. So if we okay. are confirmed as actually only getting 10, that would make a little sense that they had to, you know, leave some stuff on the cutting room floor. Sure, sure. 
Yeah. And maybe we'll get an extra three episodes that we just don't know about yet. That'd be a nice pleasant yeah, surprise. They could pull a Sandman on us. I mean, I would yeah. like some pleasant surprises out of Warner Brothers because all of the news yeah. that I've been reading lately has not been pleasant. So let's give us sure. something. Let's give us something nice here, folks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm still having a ton of fun with the series. It's a nice little step away from uh, the DC universe that as much as I love sometimes can take itself a little serious, too seriously, um, you know. Joker said it back in the dark night. Why so serious? It doesn't always have to be so dark and, and serious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's everything I've got to say about this episode. Did you have any anything else you want to highlight about um, episode seven here? Another Sharkly adventure? No, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm cool. very curious to see what's going to happen next week. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, while we're winding down here, as I mentioned uh, before, we, we did our deep dive into the Harley Quinn coverage here. Uh, we had a piece of feedback. Did you want to bring that up for us, Andrew? Yes, I did. Um, like we said, it's not Harley Quinn related, but it is She-Hulk related. So Marvel has, you know, given us another gift, as it were. And this is a feedback email from Andre Sparks, who wanted to email us and just said, Hey, guys, just wanted to say between Miss Marvel and She-Hulk, they're killing it with their animation slash art during their live action shows. And he sent us a awesome picture that I'm going to put up on our Instagram story. I'll make sure that it's up when this podcast goes live. And it's just a culmination of all of the art from the She-Hulk credits episode one. Mm-hmm. And I really can't agree more. I want to say the Mandalorian started this idea with on the Disney Plus shows when they had the concept yeah. art in the yes. credits, which I absolutely adored. And yes. since then, they've just had so much fun with it. But the She-Hulk ones... I love because I kind of forgot that courtroom art was still a thing. Like I know it used to be a thing back when cameras weren't allowed in the courtroom, but then they had that sprinkle Easter egg in that first episode where we saw someone on a Cintiq doing the courtroom art right at the end. So then to have the credits in that courtroom style, which is honestly a just beautiful style to do anything in because they're capturing such raw moments in the courtroom. Sure. And then, you know, to have it as a Marvel show, I couldn't agree more. They, they're doing just this love letter to the artists that are definitely working very hard behind the scenes. Oh, certainly, certainly. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad you brought up the Mandalorian because that's immediately where my mind went as well. It's, it's definitely the most uh, similar in terms of all these uh, Marvel shows that we've gotten and I've enjoyed them all. Uh, but I, I agree in terms of like the artwork here, I really, I've not skipped the ending credits once for She-Hulk so far. And uh, I believe he brought up Miss Marvel as well. And I really like the, the artwork for Miss Marvel as well, especially in that first episode. And um, yes. I haven't really had a chance to talk about Miss Marvel too much, but I, I will say it's my favorite, if not my second favorite of the Disney plus series so far. And if I had any criticism whatsoever, it's, I kind of wish they would have, continued that through line of her imagination and her YouTube channel and her envisioning her heroes kind of like dancing along the, the landscapes and whatnot. Like I love that so much in the first season, it would have been cool if that persisted through the show a little bit longer. And maybe there's an opportunity to incorporate it in the Marvels when she shows up in that. So I have some very specific thoughts on this. Okay. And is a feedback email that I'm planning to write to the MCU cast at some point when they're done with She-Hulk and they're doing roundups Sure. And it comes down to and we're going to talk Marvel here, ladies and gentlemen, so buckle up. (laughs) I think it comes down to the direction of these shows. And when I say direction, I mean, who is in the director's chair? 
Sure. I don't necessarily think that any of these Marvel directors are doing bad. Mm hmm. But I feel like the fact that they're bringing in multiple directors to direct a what is essentially a six episode movie yeah. leaves us with those weird moments of why did this episode completely change in tone compared mm. to the others? Like it has happened just about in all of the shows. At some point, there's an episode that doesn't quite feel like it fits. And Miss Marvel is the easiest one to point at of the first and the last episode are both directed by the same person. Because I wasn't prepared mm. for this rant, I don't have that director in front of me, so I apologize. Okay. No worries. But this is something I just want to hear, you know, the MCU cast thoughts on of do we think they should be locking down one director for a six episode contract? Because Miss Marvel, I think, would have been amazing to have that one in six episode mm. energy through the whole thing where it's her imagination and the planning mm. and the bouncing around because those two episodes are hands down my favorite and I think a lot of people's favorite of that show. Yeah. So yeah. I just wonder, should they be doing something a little different? Because I'm almost worried about that with She-Hulk of I enjoyed the heck out of this first episode. But right. I have yet to see the second episode. It comes out today. If anyone was wondering for when we're recording, it is that Thursday. So I haven't had a chance. And I'm curious, okay. is the tone going to change again? And am I going to feel this weird gap in my heart as I watch the second episode? And I, I don't want to feel that. But okay. I just wonder when it comes to these live action things, a movie always feels the same. What happens with these shows? And, you know, I think that's part of why it all feels differently. So, yeah, that's my big you know, conspiracy theory, what I think should change going forward in Marvel. Okay. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on this as well. No, I, I think it's an excellent point to bring up. And I, uh, to my knowledge, I know for a fact that Matt Shackman directed every episode of WandaVision. And I think it shows that's yes. one of the, the best series that we've gotten so far. When I said, uh, Miss Marvel's either my first or second favorite, it's, it's going back and forth between WandaVision. I think WandaVision probably edges it out overall. Uh, but then the other series, I think, was uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And that one, while it was all six episodes were directed by the same person, I think the the change up in the shooting schedule and some of the restrictions and the story changes that had to take place as a reaction to the pandemic, uh, I think that's what affected that show more so than the direction per se. So uh, I, I, I think it's a great point you bring up. And I, for one, do think they should be locking in a single uh, director to see these shows through, I think it would result in more cohesion and just a better pacing because like, I don't get me wrong. I've gotten a fair amount of enjoyment out of every single one of these series. I think the series are uh, in some cases kind of exceeding uh, what some of the movies are doing. I, I tend not to talk about things that I don't like that much, but I get, I get some level of enjoyment out of every single Marvel movie but I, I guess I'll just come out and say it because I haven't really had an opportunity to talk about it. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder <laughs> wasn't my favorite. Uh, I think Christian Bale was the best part of that movie. But outside of that, I don't think it's one that I'm going to go revisit a bunch. Um, but yeah, all that all that to say, I, I, think, um, I think that's where Marvel, I don't want to say they're losing their way a little bit, but they've got so many balls in the air right now. They need to lock down these directors and kind of have a single person see it through much like kevin feige did for the mcu for such a long time so I, I appreciate you bringing it up it's a great point we're kind of on a tangent here that doesn't relate to animation per se but all these movies it's incorporate fine. special effects and there are artists working on them on every single frame that you see so yeah no it's it's all good conversation because you know we talk about direction and writing plenty on this show as well you know 
Mm. Animation is not just what's on the screen, but there's so many other layers to animation that we get to talk about. So I love doing it all. Yeah, thank you, Andre, for writing in and, and affording yes, us an opportunity course. to to <laughs> talk about something else a little bit there. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up is that Dragon Ball Super made some waves yes. and made some history this weekend. It took the number one spot at the box office with a whopping $20.1 million debut, beating out the Idris Elba led vehicle Beast. So uh, it's it's been one of those things we've seen more and more that anime films have a strong foothold here uh, in the United States and as all, all across the world. So it's, um, I love Dragon Ball. I love Dragon Ball Z. I've seen both of those sagas in their entirety, at least a few times through, but for whatever reason, I have not made it past that point. So I haven't watched Dragon Ball super superhero yet, but uh, with numbers like these, I, I might just have to check it out. Yeah. Zuhair would be remiss if we didn't, talk about this because mm-hmm. i know he saw it thursday opening night he was super excited okay. cool. and i believe he's positive on it he hasn't talked to me much outside of he is trying to work on getting a podcast guest of some kind that has seen it at this point okay because right he on. does want to talk about it but unfortunately i've never seen an ounce of dragon ball and my schedule ah. has been busy as could be this week or i was going to at least try and see it so that i could say hey the art's good and give a yeah. thumbs up while he went on the tangent but Hopefully we'll get something locked down with some schedules soon enough, as you can tell by the fact he hasn't talked at all. Zuhair's not here this week because he's busy, so hopefully mm. he can get something worked out with the schedule at some point so we can hopefully talk more about Dragon Ball with you guys. But the interesting statistic that I posted up on our Instagram, I don't know if you saw that, Jay Scotty, that mm. this is the first movie, this is the first animated Japanese movie to take the number one spot at the box office since Pokemon, the first movie in 1998. Wow. That's, that's legendary to be up in terms with Pokemon, the first movie, because that was a big deal. Like everyone knew Pokemon around the world and then they made, made a movie. So like, it makes sense that that took the number one spot. So for Dragon Ball to kind of come out of left field, just in terms of current relevance, because it's not one of those things that's been talked about at length, like Demon Slayer, my hero. Sure. But sure. it's just an oldie but goodie for them to come out and do this. Uh, applause to them. I am excited to hopefully get the chance to see it at some point if it is this good. So, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, this was a, a fun one, a pretty full rounded episode, I feel like. Yes. Um, so I encourage all of you listeners uh, don't be shy. Send us some feedback, send us some love. We haven't gotten a review in a while, so if you want to leave us a review on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, and send us in a written review, send us in some feedback, you can do that in the form of a voicemail as well. Best place to do all those things is animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. And Andrew, do you want to let them know about anything else you have going on or the social media stuff? Um, I will say also in terms of what we have going on, we haven't really promoted it because we didn't know when it was going to hit the feed. But yesterday we had an I am group podcast go up. Uh, That was Zuhair and myself. We recorded that right after the Harley Quinn episode of last week. But the schedules, like I said, have just been crazy. So that Mm -hmm. episode is up. If you haven't given it a listen, uh, go do that. We had a ton of fun. And it's not just an I am group podcast. If you liked what we talked about with Marvel in this podcast, 
we probably take about half of our time talking about VFX, VFX artists, and you know what it actually looks like on the whole scale of things. Cool. So it's definitely a informational and super fun podcast. If you haven't watched the I Am Groot shorts, go do that. They're a ton of fun. The only reason that podcast happened is because I enjoyed the crap out of them. Zuhair already yeah. had his chance to talk about it on the MCU cast. I was like, no, no, I want my turn. So we're going to do this again. <laughs> so ton of fun go give that a listen and then as always uh, follow us on all of our social medias animation Delib one on twitter and animation deliberation podcast on facebook and instagram right on good stuff uh for myself uh since i was not here for a couple of weeks the other podcast i was working on had to take a little bit of a hiatus as well but karen huffstetler and i uh plan on resuming our coverage of what we do in the shadow season four uh no spoilers but the most recent episode to come out for that is one of my favorites in a really long time. And all I'm going to say is I called it. If you know what, it, if you know, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, that's going to do it from me this week. Uh, thanks as always for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N-L-O-L, period. <laughs> and uh, follow us on Wayne Instagram. <laughs> muscle, muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Whether you're trying to get a break from the grind or grinding to break records, running for balance or burgers, only one thing counts. You're out there step after step, mile after mile, and we're out there with you all the way. Visit your local Nike store today to find your perfect pair of running shoes. No matter if you're setting the pace for the pack or flying solo to the rhythm of your own kicks, you're one of us. You coming? Come run with Nike at your local Nike store today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.